0: Welcome to Industrious Radio, a weekly show dedicated to exploring what does it mean to work hard, live fit, and have the absolute best life possible. This show is hosted by Barry Napier, Stephen Hitt, Jeremy Donner, and a revolving cast and crew of super cool people. It's showtime. Welcome friends to another episode of the Industrious Radio show. We are broadcasting live from the Industrious Radio worldwide headquarters with some special guests in the house. Stevo, welcome.
1: Hi everybody. Thanks for having me. Yes
0: sir. Jerry Bears in the house. What's happening? What's up my man? And we got Kaby special guest.
1: What's up?
0: Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Hi. We're so, high, we're so pumped to have you on, and if you haven't guessed, we are doing a Coach's Spotlight today, so we're going to go deep with KB. We're going to talk about how you got into coaching, how you got into Industrious, your fitness journey, your passion, how you're out there changing lives now. We're yeah. super pumped. It's going to be a great show.
1: Yeah, I'm, so, I'm stoked.
0: Yeah, me too. So, KB, give us your story. So, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, everybody has their own interesting story, how they ended up Industrious, and we want to hear yours. So, how did you start?
2: Uh, yeah. So I was about 15 16 when I started getting into fitness. Um, I was just working out at 24 hour fitness by my house. Uh, absolutely hated it. I thought it was super boring. Um, I basically just went in to try and get a workout in felt more like a chore than something I did for fun. Um, I was also working at Scott's barn girl at the time with Chrissy and everybody talked about how Chrissy did CrossFit and, um, I was like, well, I want to try it. She'd definitely been like a role model to me at the time. So I was like, Chrissy's doing it. I want to do it. Um, so I went home and I looked up what CrossFit was on YouTube and was like, okay, I guess I'll give this a shot. Um, and I showed up at 6 a.m. the next day. Um, and I've just been hooked out Industrious ever since.
0: An action taker. That's what I like. You didn't get yeah. terrified by the YouTube videos?
2: I was like a little bit skeptical, but I already told Chrissy that I was going to go the next mm. day. So I was like, well, I got to show up.
0: This is the power of personal commitment. You yeah. know, make a commitment to someone. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm going to be there. And then you're like, oh
1: shit, I got to go. Yeah, yes. go. Yeah. 6 a.m. You did your first class at 6 a.m. I did my first she class She did. At I remember the first that day ass. that she came. I was there. I
2: walked in the door and I was like, oh shit. It was like. I remember Let's Go by Trick Daddy was playing in the background. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Nice. one. Yeah.
0: Fired up. And Boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it. to just, industry. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it's literally
2: 555 and these people are just dripping and sweating. So at that point I was pretty terrified but yeah. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> what,
0: a, what a difference though between like that and just the regular Globo Gym where it's, you know, kind of quiet and everybody's in their own zone yeah. and stuff and so, so you walk right. into this, like the, the music's pumping, people are just like sweating, it's like the energy's going crazy.
2: Yeah. And then remember the the first workout was um, power cleans or it might have been clean and jerks over the bar burpees and pull-ups and so i walked in and i saw a bunch of people doing butterfly pull-ups and i was like what is that and like power cleans, so, like the barbells were slamming on the ground and uh, it was like this is crossfit
0: <laughs> that is so badass True. i love yeah. that yeah just <laughs> totally jumping in the deep end man that's so ge- that's so great so yeah. you did that first class and how did it go
2: Um, it went good. I remember I did my pull-ups in a green, it might've been a black band. My arms were so sore the next day. I could not even extend them. Um, which is kind of funny to think back on now, but it went great. I thought, I know that from a coach's standpoint, it was pretty funny. I definitely saw Chrissy laughing at me at one point. Which-
0: <laughs> <laughs> in love, with like a with love, love, with love laughter. Yeah, it's just like enjoy <laughs> joy that you were yeah, there. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, it's funny when you think about our, our and all of us have that kind of that story when we think about our first couple of few CrossFit workouts, you know, and whether you come in thinking that you have a good base of fitness or, or not, can be a little intimidating, can be a little overwhelming. And a lot of times it's just like that first workout, you feel like, holy cow, that kicked my butt.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I remember my first workout. I was, it was in, uh, uh, LA fitness for me and I, the workout was Cindy and it was over Thanksgiving weekend back in 2007. Um, and oh my goodness, it was, it was absolutely rocking my world. And I think I only got like seven or eight rounds of it too. Uh, <laughs> the pull-ups were super strict. The squats were super ugly. I guarantee I wasn't below parallel. Um, and, uh, you know, but yeah, that's, that was my first CrossFit experience, and holy smokes. It's amazing how if you think that you're fit and then do a CrossFit workout and you've never done CrossFit, how you realize very quickly how unfit you actually are. Yeah, you realize
0: that the, the, that term fit has now this depth that yeah. you never really realized before because I think if you judge fitness simply by like your body fat percentage maybe totally. or like how big your guns are or like if you get packs swell going on or something that's certainly one way you can look at fitness but when you have that fitness applied in a workout that is totally outside your normal modality oh man it can kick your ass so hard
1: yeah yeah I think it's the, the wonderful thing about the CrossFit movement is we have shifted uh, I believe as a society from viewing fitness as just a purely aesthetic thing into a a what can your body do thing. And, uh, and I think that, you know, the, the, the world has just wised up to that awareness.
0: I, yeah, I think there's like those memes that I see out there, like strong is the new skinny or something, you know, yeah. or strong is the new, and that, that is it, you know, because there's a strength and there's that kind of, there's all, and there's, so you have pure strength and you have explosive strength and you have endurance strength, sprint, you have all these different ways you could measure strength now and fitness. And then I think that's really in part to the CrossFit movement.
1: It
3: really is. It yeah. truly is. I think it's good, like, if you look at, I think
0: Sports Illustrated did
3: an article it was, like, top 50 fittest in the world. And this was, like, several years ago. And there was only two CrossFit athletes on there. I think, uh, I know Camille LeBlanc-Basinet, this was, like, the year after she won the game. So, she was, you know, the fittest woman on earth. Sure. And she was, like, number 16th or 17th out of 50. And I think number one, like, was, like, Cristiano Ronaldo was, like, I don't know how I don't know how you picked him. You know, GQ most handsome maybe, yeah. but I don't know about the fittest, know about the fittest on, on earth.
1: Rocking the Lacoste hat and you know
3: But it'll be interesting to see, you know, like like what is considered the real sports world, ESPN kind of thing and sports illustrated try to pick up on those sorts of things when they do polls like that
0: well I mean and this goes into a whole really fun and interesting controversial conversation which I don't know how controversial it is anymore but it was the whole is CrossFit actually a sport and the whole criticism of you're just working out you know so it's like how is that a sport and you know and then versus like a soccer player or a basketball player or a football player and I think with the explosion of popularity and the kind of shift in consciousness around what fitness is I don't really see that criticism come by anymore of course you're going to see some meatheads still occasionally some you know some diehard haters Totally. But I don't hear that 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 particular criticism that much anymore.
1: Uh, yeah, either do I. I. I just feel like this you know this style of exercise is um, is what actually drives results for people. It's, it's what attains results that people are going for. Um, and you know, before, if you were doing wall ball shots, people would probably look at you like, what in the hell is this person doing? Um, but now if somebody sees a wall ball shot, they're like, Oh, that's a CrossFit movement. And and this is just a common exercise. Um, and it's completely different than, you know, the way things were a decade ago. It, It really is crazy how the landscape has changed in the fitness world. Totally,
0: and I mean, because so much of it is skill, right? I mean, like any sport, you're learning skill. So, Kibri, when you're thinking about when you, you know, when you're getting into CrossFit, what were a couple of those skills that were those those skills that maybe were so challenging, but you really wanted to figure out and get, and you could still be working on those skills too. I mean, I think that's what's cool about CrossFit is that sometimes we're going after something for it. Like some of it's like infinite. Basically, our whole life we could be working on. Some of those movements, especially the Olympic weightlifting moves. but what were they for you?
2: Totally. Um, so right now they're butterfly pull ups, that's something that's not very consistent for me. But the biggest one has been double unders. Um, uh, when I first started CrossFit, I would get so pissed that I couldn't do double unders and I would work on them like every single day, <laughs> yeah, usually leave the gym pissed off and crying. And then now they're hands down my favorite movement.
3: <laughs> she might be one of the best double unders, <laughs> double unders, underers. In the gym, yeah. I remember you did that one open workout where it was ten rounds of nine thrusters and thirty-five double unders. Oh, right! And she did the whole thing with double unders, even though you could get maybe two or three strung yeah. together. I think that workout maybe you strung together like seven at one point. You were super hyped. Yeah. Uh, but they, I think, did we repeat that one the yeah. next year or something like that, no, or we I did it at in class? Open gym. Yeah, yeah, I did it at open gym, and that's when she had been just hammering double unders day after day after day. And I mean, you took off what? 10 minutes, 12 minutes off your time, something like that?
2: Actually, okay, so when I did it in the open, I think it took me like over 30 minutes. And I think when I did it again, it took me like 13, so yeah. like almost 20 minutes, which yeah. is crazy.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Incredible. I love it. Well, and, you know... It, it, a lot of people don't realize that you know there is so much of fitness is not what is aesthetic and what you can actually see so much of fitness is in the electrical wiring that occurs between your brain and your muscles and that neuromuscular development um and the the sequencing that occurs in order to to do things like double unders or uh, anything agility related or balance related you know that is th- that's not something where you're where you you know, you're going to grow muscles and then get better at double-unders. So there is electrical wiring that must occur as as it relates to fitness development. And a lot of people don't realize that. And, you know, double-unders is one of those things that, um, it, it, you know, I've seen people get them immediately and I've seen people, you know, struggle at them for, uh, you know, a year trying to get them and, and, and piece it and link them together. And it's different for everybody. But the one thing that I think that everybody should Embrace and understand is on that skill development stuff. You know, patience, patience, patience. It comes quickly for some people, and it and it comes very slowly for others. And that's just that's just how humans are.
0: And it comes down to individual movements. You know, right. so you have some people where an individual particular movement might come very quickly, but that doesn't mean that every single movement comes to that person very ki- quickly. Exactly. There are some gifted you know people out there that can wire things super fast. Totally. Um, but for most of us, we might have something that we fall into and we pick it up really quick and it's interesting on that whole the brain science behind skill acquisition and motor skill acquisition, you know, there's also the process of of myelination, right? So it's like we have to lay those wires that are basically electrical currents flow through our brain and muscles, right? But then skill improvement comes. The biological process of skill improvement is when we're doing focused repetition, focused repetition. Our brain actually basically puts more and more insulation around those electrical wires so those skill transfers happen faster and faster and faster and that electrical current fires faster and faster and so people who are highly, highly, highly skilled who have focused and practiced and practiced, the biological process of that is those electrical skills, those wires in the brain muscles are getting myelinated and that, that electrical current just flows super quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's fascinating. It is fascinating. It is fascinating. And some of the toughest workouts to get people fired up about are those workouts that create all of that stuff that you were just talking about, because, you know, it's a lot of practice time. It's not going to be, uh, you're, you're not going to be, uh, you know, up at 80 or 90% of your, your max heart rate in those types of workouts. Usually, um, you know, usually you're, you're working on a skill, you're attempting a a muscle up or you're, you're doing, uh, you know, double unders and singles and, um, or any other skill that you can, you can think of. But, you know, the thing that people should embrace is that as that process is occurring within your body, it's very positive. Um, and, and, you know, treat those days as you, 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 you did good skill development or good work on your electrical system while you were letting your muscular system recover a little bit. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll get the muscular system the following day. <laughs> It, it
0: is funny though. You mentioned like leaving and feeling frustrated and crying sometimes. So frustrated, yeah. all the time. <laughs> so what now? So now that you're on the other side of that, now you're kind of in this coach's role, where part of your job is to, you know, provide instruction and, and encouragement and also understanding and empathy for people as they're growing. You know, what would you say to people as they're kind of going through their process? And
2: um, I think the biggest thing is to just stay patient with that and just keep practicing. Um, one of the biggest struggles I ran into and in doing double unders is like, everybody wanted to help, but everybody's going to coach you a little bit differently. So someone's like, Oh, your, your, uh, rope is too short. or oh, that one's too long. Jump higher, jump faster. So like at one point I had so many cues going through my head and I was just like, so frustrated with that as well. Um, so the biggest thing I would tell people is just like, stay patient and stay practicing, um, practice 10 minutes every day and eventually they'll come.
1: Yeah. Do you like do you do you like the the notion of one piece at a time, or do you like the notion yeah. of give it to me all at once so that I can practice everything all at no,
2: once? No, definitely not one thing at a time. So for me, it was first establish the jump, like get the loopy singular jump that we drill all the time, and then try and um, get your wrist to flick twice, um, and then put them together. So yeah. that was the big thing. I remember the drill you gave me, uh, holding two ropes in one hand. Or, yeah one rope in each hand and then just jump and spin. And I could do it. Like it was exactly a double under, but if you gave me one rope, I could not do it. for <laughs> 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 And that was also frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing, you know, as, as coaches refine their craft and, you know, um, You'll appreciate this because you're just coming into, into being a coach and yeah. you'll, you'll learn all of these different, um, you know, tricks. And it's, th- it's through that process of trial and error and trying different cues and different things that, you know, help connect with people. And with each one of those things as a coach, um, you know, you're becoming a better coach when you're, when you're helping people along the way just by testing and learning.
0: There is. And I, I do think the point you guys are bringing up is such a good point, which is kind of focus in on one particular aspect and the danger of over cues, yeah. you know, and this is where when you're you're at a gym like industrious and in one of the things, you know, one of the things to link back to the survey, uh, we talked about this on the last episode, and we'll continue to bring up different cool stuff from the survey. But one of the things people really want and were passionate about uh, on the survey was getting uh, the personal personal training back in and that personal kind of thing, so they could get some more time and people were real passionate. We heard that people loved it when we had that before, and um, so we're working on figuring out how we can incorporate that and get that back on the programming. But one of the things that you know, one of the one of the things that it's a benefit of Industrious, you know, we talked about last time on one of the shows. We talked about how the programming is one of the things that we spend a lot of time on, and that's actually. Uh, that's actually huge for for, for a member for an athlete coming in because you don't think about it and there's a lot of intentionality. It's the same with the coaching. You know, it's like if you're feeling like you're getting over, like you have too many cues going on. It's like the perfect, like you just said, grab one of the, you know, grab somebody and and help have them watch and then help them narrow in. Like here's the one thing you should be working on right now. and Get this thing first, and that's a real benefit because if you just go on YouTube and start watching double under videos or muscle up videos. There are – like I can remember when I was working on muscle-ups and I was obsessed with it. I probably watched like 50 videos,
1: <laughs> you
0: know, and you're just watching all these YouTube videos. And, they, there was like, and there were 50 different ways to get your muscle-ups, you know, in and, and 150 different cues. So then when you go into the gym and you try to execute on 150 cues and try to remember 50 different ways and you're trying to weird band shit and all this other bizarre <laughs> stuff to try yeah. and get your first muscle-up – guess what happens
1: don't get it you don't get it because you're thinking too much exactly yeah and, and it, it, again it goes back to you know when you're thinking about your first when you're just thinking through all of the cues and you know thinking about you know all of that 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 microscopic stuff and trying to sequence it all together and that's conscious in your brain as you're trying to execute it I guarantee you will not hit the ball straight you you or you won't get the muscle up it's you, you your subconscious mind, you have to work on those things. You have to practice those things and, and practice and practice, practice, practice. But when it comes to performance, when you want to get that first thing, very, very badly, you should not be thinking about anything. You should be giving it hell. Um, and, and if you do, then, you know, your, your subconscious mind has taken over. And that's what most sports psychologists agree. The people that are great gamers, uh, they, they just always deliver on game day. Jeremy's one of those, those athletes, um, you know they they don't think when they when they're doing stuff they just go out they grab the bar and they do it And and they let the cards fall where they may. I mean, I remember in 2016, Jeremy hit, you hit a snatch at regionals that was uh, 20 pounds more than his best. His best was 225 and he ended up hitting 245 pounds on the floor um, just by letting himself be lost in the moment and not thinking and just going out there and, 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 and doing it. And so, yeah, so the point there is, you know, when you're trying to get those skills, you know, practice, 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 but when it's time to perform, don't think, just do. Yeah. From like a coaching standpoint, when, when you
3: have someone new and there's, you know, you look at them and no offense to the person, but it's just a total train wreck. And there's like 14, 15 different things going on that you really want to change. I think when people start coaching their best is when they're able to put, themselves in the other person's shoes. So what am I telling this person to do? Am I telling them just to focus on one thing? And that's like, they can really focus on that thing. Or am I giving them 15, 16 different things? Every time they do a rep, I give them something else. Okay. You did that once now do this just because they did it once. Good. Doesn't mean they're ready for the next piece. They still got to be able to do it a bunch of times. Um, but when you're like, when you're really coaching somebody, if you're able to put yourself in their shoes, then you're able to really coach them. Like what, it's not what I'm telling them. It's what they're understanding. So you really got to think about what am I commuting, communicating to them and what
1: are they picking up? Yeah, I love that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And you know, one of the things that, um, I've always tried to do is just identify that, you know, we, we triage it as a staff. And, you know, the first thing that we're looking for is just a, a safety issue, right? And if there's a safety issue, that's the first thing that we want to try to address. And we want to get past that safety issue before we move into a, a technical refinement, if that makes sense. So if it's all a train wreck, you know, step one is, okay, let's identify the thing that is dangerous about this and let's work there. And that's our focus for today is let's work to clean up this thing that you're doing that is dangerous. Um, and then, it, you know, if, if there's nothing dangerous happening, but there's just a technical thing, maybe the barbell's brushing a little bit low on the leg or something like that, then we can go after that piece. But it is, a, it is an art of triage as, we, as we're looking through, okay, how do we fix this situation where this person has no awareness um, or, or experience with this movement that we're trying to teach? But that's how we break it down as a staff. Okay,
0: as now when you were kind of going through your this journey, your cool fitness journey, um, to kind of segue into you know this move into the coaching role, one wh- when, when you started thinking like maybe you wanted to kind of get into what Steve was talking about and kind of get on the other side, um, you know, and start getting in there and, and helping people and and getting you know being part of that that journey for people in their fitness.
2: Um, that's a good question. So basically, it just goes down to. I really wanted a job that meant something. Um, I work in a restaurant. I'm a server and I was working at a coffee stand. And a lot of the times those jobs are just things that like the people are there for the product. They don't care about you or what you're doing. Um, So it's just really unfulfilling after a while. And so that was the big reason why I wanted to start coaching at Industrious because like it's kind of a give and take. Like you're giving to the athletes, you're helping them, but then they're also like helping you, you know, fulfilling other people and helping them is fulfilling to yourself as well. And the work that you're doing, you know, those people appreciate, um, and that means something. So that's kind of why I wanted to get into this position so I could help other people, uh, because it's cool when you have somebody that can help you be better in the gym. Like that's really cool. That's so. phenomenal.
0: Yeah. It's like moving into that role where you're able to contribute and, and, and and feel that fulfillment. You know, it's totally. it's funny. I I work with a lot of different uh, business owners, and one of the things that I always look at is, and, and I ask people, are like, is your business, is your your career, whatever, is it providing you fulfillment? Yeah. You know, because it's easy to get into a job, even as a, you know, we all have been in jobs, and and even when you own a business, it can turn into a job. You know, where it's like you're you're just in it and it's almost like a prison. Yeah. But when you can switch into something where now it's providing you fulfillment. Yeah. Man, that's transformational for you as a human being and then that flows of course into the work that you do.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it is. That that's how it is for me personally, you know, and there's uh, there's so much uh, uh, behind the purpose of Industrious and what we were founded to do and what we were founded to be in in our vision, um, in in everything that that we want to be in the type of community that we want to be that is that is so deep, it it, it carries me through the toughest, darkest, hardest days, um, and you know it doesn't matter you know how hard they are. Because of the purpose in what we're doing for other people um, is so significant to me that, you know, I can forge through them. Whereas if it was not, if, if, it, if it was a job, so to speak, uh, and that purpose wasn't there, you burn out of that pretty quickly. And that's why I'm a big believer in, you know, never, never chase the dollars, chase the fulfillment, and the dollars will come. You just have to be patient.
0: It's so true, man. Yeah. Hashtag truth.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. When we were interviewing Kabri um, this time around, she had a really, really good application, a lot of good things on there that we were looking for. And, you know, she fits in with the culture at the gym. Um, but also, you know, she had mentioned the fulfillment part, which is definitely what we're looking for is somebody who appreciates something other than just the paycheck. You know, everybody needs a paycheck to, to buy food, but you know, you can kind of find one of those wherever. But one of the things that really stood out to me was her work ethic. I mean, she's held two jobs for a long time. She's gone to school full time and continues to to get smarter and educate herself, which is a, a great thing to have. Um, but also her work experience in the restaurant and a coffee stand. I think those are very similar to the way that the gym runs, you know, where there's people coming in and out of the door real quick, people are just like yelling things back and forth. And you got to be able to like take all that in, organize it in your head and prioritize it and then get it done in the way that's going to suit the customer best. And also make you a good employee. So, and she's done a great job of, of adapting those skills and that skill set that she's she's worked on and gained over the last however many years uh, into the gym setting, and you know managing the whiteboard. Now we've got all the technology, computers that have to get done, and and retail, and then actually coaching now, and and you know focusing on the athletes, and then prioritizing it is most important to coach the athletes first and then let's get all that other stuff done when we do get a chance to breathe. So um, I love, I love working with her so far and so can't, can't wait to have her on the schedule more and more.
0: It's like, you got to get the appetizers out first. Then the entree, then the dessert. You need to be able to prioritize. <laughs> so we've all been places where it's like, what the hell's going on? This place yeah, is been... mad. <laughs> yeah. and, and then
2: f- someone changes their order on you, like, last minute. And you're like, okay, now i got to go back and redo everything. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and you're, Shoot. like, looking out for people to make sure that they have, like, the great experience and they're getting what they need. Yeah, That's yeah exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, those are – I mean, and those are also very customer-oriented roles, right, where, you're, where you're, they're people-oriented roles and the roles roles where, where the people – the connection and, and talking and all that and, and having that ability to handle the stress and the ambiguity is so essential totally and that's good just all so perfect for the gym
1: yeah well and to, and to, to Jeremy's point about the qualities with Gabri and in re- all of our staff is you know we we want the people that want to go want to want to go through the grind with us and, and, and can work two jobs and can be students and um can can get to the gym every single day like Cabri has done, and and, and and be those people that um, you know that that, that want to go the distance with us and want to do the work. You know, I'm, I, I joke all the time that you know what we need as a, as a as a company with our team members and our employees, and what our community needs is we need people that want to be up in the front seat with us, riding shotgun, helping us navigate. And in, in fully engaged, we don't, we don't want anybody that's going to be sitting in the back of the van yelling, are we there yet? And, you know, in, 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 you know, I really do truly believe that, you know, that is, that, that is the thinking when we are interviewing, that is the thinking when we're selecting. Um, and, and it's certainly the qualities and behaviors that we look in for in a coach first, and then we'll get to how to coach after we've we, we've identified that this is the person that is going to be riding shotgun with us, going through the hell with us, um, and, 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 and living it with us, it's
0: just a different style of of hiring and approach to looking at building a team. Right. You know, a lot of times when people are hiring and looking to grow and expand staff. They're looking for a particular set of skills, right? So you know, you've been a coach for five years, and you've coached blah blah blah, and you've done this and that, and you've had blah 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 all this stuff, right? But here we kind of take that different approach, kind of flip the script a little bit, and we say, hey, we look for the core, these core fundamentals, these core, uh, you know, pieces of who this person is. From a value standpoint, from from an ethics standpoint, and then from a capacity standpoint to grow and learn and develop, and then take and we'll build from there. Right. But foundationally, there has to be that match.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Darn right.
0: Yeah, that's so sweet. So, Kate, okay, what are you taking in school? What's going on with that?
2: Uh, so, actually, I'm done for a while. You like, are? Yeah. Good.
0: Nice. You I got in... um,
2: my associates in business in the Congrats. Girl.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: And... I am just ready to work for a little bit. Yes. I'm not a fan of school at all. I'm much more, I'd rather learn in the workplace and be more hands-on than read out of a textbook and sit in a classroom. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy with the two year degree that I have. I think it's great. I yeah. definitely learned a lot. Um, so yeah.
0: It's it's, I think that's the perfect path, man. I think well, get I'd a two year degree. So check that off. So it's like you have like a next level higher education piece right. and get out there in the workforce and go do some shit.
1: Exactly, because yeah. that's yeah. where you're going to figure out you know what that purpose is. That's going to figure out what you enjoy doing. And then there's always an opportunity to come back later and tag on a degree that is going to help Add to what you're doing that you love doing, you know, as you, as, you, as you sort of figure it out over time. And I'm a big believer in that. I, I personally feel like in the next 30 years, the four year degree is really going to lose all of its, all of its sort of uh, gusto. I think, any more, you know, with the amount of information that people have access to, uh, you know, in their back pocket on their phones is thinking 10 years ago, you used to have to go to the library and look it up in a card catalog, right? I mean, now you've got, you you can answer any question on earth in your back pocket. And, you know, that's a very, very powerful thing. And I I do think that that climate will shift. And and personally, I think it's a good thing. I think that, you know, people have different strengths and different skill sets and certain people learn very well by doing it and being out in working with their hands and, and, um, and then other people do really, really well learning by, uh, by listening and other people have do really well learning by writing. And, you know, those people are probably pretty good in the classroom. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I, I think that it's very commendable Kabri to have that awareness to say, look, this is, this is, you know, how I learn and this is what I enjoy doing and know that you will also gain four year degree experience, just being out in the workplace, doing it, learning real life skills, learning how to connect with people, learning how to make sales, learning how to solve problems, learning. These are things that are very, very valuable that are actually very difficult, you know, to, to, to learn in a classroom. And, um, you know, so I think it's really cool. I think that that's awesome. Thanks, Devo. A hundred percent agree with that.
2: Yeah. I think, A lot of it, like, so at Cactus, for example, we have a ton of people that come through that work for Amazon and Microsoft, and you know they went to school forever, but they have zero social skills. Like, can't even tell you what they want to order off the menu. Like, they cannot hold a conversation. Um, Or they don't know, like, just watching them walk around, you're like, these people don't know how to do anything outside of a classroom. Um, So I was like, well, I'd rather not go to school for four, six years and learn these skills and apply them to real life because I think that's a lot more valuable.
0: Yeah. Plus, you know, school's always there. And I think yeah. once you go through some life experience and get out there, over time, you refine maybe where you want a specialized degree. So if you want to then go and get a specialized degree in a particular field of study, you can. You absolutely can. That, they, otherwise, you, you, know, you wake up one day and you're like 43 and you still have a student loan. <laughs> 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 because you went to a really expensive school first and studied religion. And then the- <laughs> I don't know who did that. I, don't, I mean, it was just like theoretical. OK, but I mean, that could happen to you where you just thought that because that's what you did then. And so I went to a super expensive school, got a great degree in religion and classics. <laughs> Yeah, and then after yeah, I got, got start that, start your own business. Just enormous that enormous amount of money that I paid that school. Yeah, so for the next twenty years, been paying that off, right? So, yeah, I don't recommend that. I just no need to go that route anymore. So, I think the way you're doing it is phenomenal. And I think about when I, um, you know, I spent a number of years at Starbucks, and and I was in a number of different roles there. And that taught me so much about leadership and about business and how to manage p and and manage people and how to inspire them and talk to them and how to like dissolve problems for people. So what you're doing, I think, is absolutely the right path. I love it.
1: Yeah, I think it's great. Very cool.
0: It is. So when are you coaching? If a person wants to get some... Cape reaction uh, and they want to get some drop in and have some fun with you and, and get to spend some time in class what's your schedule look like
2: yeah so next week I will be in the mornings again so Monday Wednesday Friday mornings from five to eight um, and then I'm off for a week because it's Christmas and then the two weeks after that I'm back in the evenings with Jeremy I think it's Tuesday Wednesday Thursday nights uh, but as far as working out goes now that I'm not in school I'll either do like the 8 a.m 930 or I really like the noon class and then do an open gym afterwards. It's a good combo.
0: Because then you can keep going, I mean, working keep on some going. more skills. Yeah. What skill are you working on right now? If, I were, if we were to run into an yeah, open gym, what would you be working on? Butterfly pull-ups.
2: Nice. And okay. Go,
0: yes, sir. You're doing the, and? Okay, cool. Yeah. Handstand
2: walks, are, they're coming. I did a workout yesterday with them. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to
0: get them. <laughs> yeah. Because you <laughs> get that, you got that <laughs> hunger in your eye. That's like tiger claws. <laughs> you can't stop me. Yeah. Love it. So it's great.
2: Once you, once you figure out like that tilt Like on your hands, and you figure out that you're not going to fall over, you know, it kind of opens up a whole new world.
0: Boom. (laughs) The wire is there. Yeah, (laughs) totally. All right. Speed rounds. So we do speed rounds. Just, you know, when we get people on, we always like to do a speed round. We want to do a speed round? right. Let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. I'm going to give you two options. You just pick one.
2: Okay.
3: Country or rock music? Country. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Weightlifting or conditioning? Oh.
2: Conditioning. Ooh.
3: <laughs> I love I it. I like sweat. <laughs> uh, road trip or airplane? Road trip. Read a book or audio book? Read a book. Black coffee or cream and sugar?
2: Black coffee.
3: Summer or winter? Summer. Uh, cabin or an apartment? Cabin. Kayak or paddleboard? Kayak pancakes or waffles
2: pancakes
3: (laughs) uh dumbbell or barbell barbell drive a manual or an automatic manual all the way
2: (laughs) but i do drive an automatic now i did manual.
1: it's hard to find manuals yeah yeah, it's hard to find them i had a manual in college my first Um, car was a manual yeah. yeah what was it
0: uh
2: honda civic Oh, nice. Classic Siot, car, yeah. classic starter
0: car. Times. Mine, mine, mine yeah. was
1: a, a Hyundai Accent. Oh, nice! The, the tires <laughs> on that car were smaller than a lawnmower's tires, <laughs> <laughs> like a tricycle tires. Yeah, yeah. hard plastic. Yeah, yeah. And it was before it was before iPods and all that stuff. So, um, I had a six disc changer in the back, and that was pretty high tech.
0: Dude, you were dope. You just go down to like car toys and get that bad oh, boy yeah. installed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get yep. that six yep. disc installed changer. In the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Little subwoofer in there.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> little West Side connection. Little masterpiece. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 10 inch subwoofer in the back. Just rattle Boom. that sucker. <laughs> Boom.
0: Boom. <laughs> Bringing the beats. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is great. Well, Gabriel, okay, thanks for dropping in. We're so pumped to have you on. You're killing it. You're doing great things. And we know you're going to be transforming lives and industry. So Thank this is so great. You. Thank, Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. yeah, guys, and we're gonna wrap it up, and uh, we'll be at you the next one with probably an update on what is happening in an industrious world. You know, we're always doing a ton. Until next time, friends, be safe, be cool, and be strong. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Local Business Academy tune in next week for a brand new episode like share subscribe and leave us a review